Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! Hello? Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. How are you? Great. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. I've been in my peripheral for a while now, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, you have too. We, uh, I remember when we first started, you um, started following us on, I think, Twitter first and then Instagram. And I, I remember just sending a screenshot to Skylar and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I was so, I was so excited. <laughs> so, so what are there, have you, you guys have done interviews with other cast members before though, right? We haven't, no, you are actually our first one. Um, yeah, I know. They should, they should have given you an interview. <laughs> that's, I, that's what I'm saying. If I you want to send them a text and let them know, that'd be ideal. <laughs> Stop ignoring the Feeny podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So how are you uh, handling uh, quarantine? How, what's it like in California right now? Um, we're free, but we're quarantined. Like, you can decide, but you shouldn't. So, right. where I'm staying, you know, I've really been indoors, but I'm near the coast, so I, I do the occasional bike ride thing. Sure. Like, you just zoom past the people, but I'm, I'm addicted to biking, so. Mm. Real yeah. For me. You get that. Yeah. <laughs> You're very fortunate to be, uh, in a place where you can right now in Chicago, we had one day, it was like 70 degrees and then it was snowing the next day. So yeah. <laughs> it's a little too unpredictable for that. Yeah, it's true. Yet. I went on a uh, bike ride like twice this week on these two really nice days. And then I was like, all right, well, it sucks again. So <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> and again, I'm so mad. But, you know. I know all of our all of our trails and lakefront path and stuff is all closed too. So it's just biking along the street alongside mm -hmm. you know whatever cars and trucks there are instead of like on a trail, which is not my favorite thing. So the male in the uh, the male speaking is very much like me. He's like, "Where's the hike? Where's the trail?" Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Well, Trina, my name is Skyler. Uh, it's great to virtually meet you. I'm Megan. I've been the one who's uh, been talking to you on Instagram. We are uh, excited to finally be uh, talking to you. All right. Well, let's, let's get it rolling. Are we rolling already? We are. We yes. are recording. Mm -hmm. So ask away. We got any questions? And then yeah, we got a couple kind of planned away here. Uh, Megan, do you want to jump off? Sure. Yeah. I really wanted to just kick it off from the... I guess kind of the beginning, like what brought you to Hollywood and um, kind of what that environment looked like when you moved there versus now, because you grew up in New York, didn't you? I did. And let me tell you, an intense force of nature brought me to Hollywood. It's not even a joke. Like, <laughs> the, you know, the other, the other, you know, one of the things that's different about me from the other cast members and not all of them, but um, the, 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 the main ones, is that I really, I, I had to really fight for everything. And, but, but I mm -hmm. thought I was, I was glided through the fight. So I say that in, in sense that I decided one day at uh, 18 years old, or I'm, I'm going to be an actress. I actually just proclaimed it. I'm going to be, and my grandmother <laughs> said to me, well, you're black. <laughs> oh, how 
how's that going to work out for you? You know, <laughs> oh. well, because there really wasn't a lot in, in at that time. You know, there's four people you could name on a finger or a couple here. Mm-hmm. Sure. So she didn't really understand why that would be a, a dream of mine. But it just was. I had it in my head. So I went down to this uh, agency that I just knew I should be signed with. And this, I love uh, the gumption of youth and the arrogance of youth. I just wish they tempered it a little bit more with practicality these days. But I, I, mm-hmm. I went down there to this agent and, 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 and they said, okay, well, you're very pretty and, you know, we'll, we'll let you um, read for us. And I read some, a, a Southern dialogue of a totally different culture. <laughs> wow. And for some reason they said, okay, well, we'll take you on. We're not going to sign you, but we're going to um, let you freelance. So my first audition, my first two auditions changed my life. The first audition was for a director named Ed Sharon, who went on to direct all of the law and orders for Dick Wolf. And um, he he inducted me into a play called Chelsea Walls, which later was turned into a movie by Ethan Hawke. And it was a play at the time. And the people in the play with me were Marissa Tomei, who went on to get an Oscar, and um, Gina Gershon, if you know who that is, those are all old mm-hmm. school people. And mm-hmm. that was my first play. And it ran and it ran and it ran. And I had two lines in it. And <laughs> I played a <laughs> sexy girl in play, you know. And then that was over. And then my next audition was for a show called Diva. which was mm-hmm. supposed to be a show that was like, uh, there, there was this um, show back in the day called The Monkey. I don't know. The monkeys were actually on Boy Meets World. One of the monkeys. I think two of them. Right. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So, Quincy Jones wanted to do a show just like the monkeys. We had a girl group and they had a TV show and they put out records. And it was huge. And mm-hmm. the competition was me, Lauren Hill, Regina King. Uh, <laughs> wow. Arnold dropped out because she, she didn't like the contract. Lisa Vidal. I don't know if you know who she is. She's a very celebrated Latina actress. Mm-hmm. Um, S.S. Atkins was one of them. And we competed and competed, and it got down to four of us, and the winners were, were me, Lauren, who was kind of a side person, because she was only because she was too young. And uh, mm. the other uh, actress, Lisa Nicole Carson, who went, on to, who went on to do very good stuff, and another actress named Rose Jackson, who all had been in. So we were on the show, and we were counted, you know, Touted around by Quincy Jones for a couple of months, and then Debbie Allen got involved in the show, and something happened with Debbie Allen and CBS that I'll never know. And then we weren't. Then the show dropped. So now I'm okay. in LA, came from New York. What am I going to do here? And but I had an agent. So now my agent said, "Oh well, since Quincy Jones likes you, we're going to sign you." So then my agent began to send me on auditions, and it took seven years. To actually wow. the Boy Meets World part. And that's an also an interesting story because I didn't just land it like I went in. I went in the first time. The casting directors were like, you're not funny. And I looked, what's <laughs> funny about this script? There's nothing funny about this person. But I never, you know, I, I thought, felt defeated. And I, that was it. I went to my manager's office. And I don't know. And I could, something in my psyche said, I should have this part. I just knew it. I didn't know why. I just knew it. So I went to the mm-hmm. agents. And they were like, no, Trina, my manager agent. 
time, his managers and agents at that time did all the same things. And they said, no, it's no more, no further interest was what, what you would get back then. And um, so then mm. I went, I, I happened to be sitting in the, before, after I left their office, I started talking to their, their receptionist. Their receptionist was a 22-year-old kid who felt really stifled by the business. She wanted to make calls. She wanted to do action. She wanted to do shit. And she was stifled. No one yeah. would tell her no. So I told her about my audition. And I said, you should call them back. I know I could get back in. This is two crazy 20-year-olds. So then the chick was like, okay, uh, yeah, fuck it. I'll call them back. She called them back and I got in. But this time it was on tape. And I believe once it was on tape, that's when Michael Dimmick saw it. Mm. And then in about a week or so later, I go back in and it's me and five girls. And then I go back in and another wow. me and five girls, new girls. And oh. Gabrielle Union, I believe, was one. I remember seeing her there and I remember Essence was there. And then the last round, it was me and five girls. And at the end of that round, I was like, whoa. And I, that, at that one, I remember I had to read with writer and I read with Michael Jacobs and, and then, then my life changed dramatically. I think. Oh, sure. Then Michael said, hey, you're on the show. Not, so it wasn't easy. It was no cakewalk. It was no two auditions and then I'm here or, or mm -hmm. anything. It was a it was a bit of a fight to be seen, and I'm like and I'm and I'm happy I, I talked to that 22 year old in the office. <laughs> that's yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely. The uh, the kind of <laughs> you read these books of people who uh, tell their story kind of about how they they got to where they're at, right and. It's amazing what you'll do when you're like 20, 21, 22, and really just feel like you belong in that thing uh, <laughs> and, and how like boldly you're willing to just throw a uh, circumstance out, out of the way and go after it. Yeah. No yeah. fucking rhyme or reason. Like there's no reason <laughs> yeah. I just told that woman to do that. But I tell you that I, I try it. I try now at this time, I've lost it a long time, but I try now at this time at 50 to capture that spirit all the time. And, but mm -hmm. with the logic and the reasoning I know, and I feel like that's a real good formula for achieving right now. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great energy. That's really interesting. I, we had kind of our next question was talking about the audition process for Boy Meets World. And I was curious in those callbacks where it's you and these five girls and you and these five girls, were they specifically looking for a black actress for the role of Angela? Was that a part of the call or were, was it a... a oh, yeah. And they were looking for a love interest for Ryder Strong. That was the whole thing. <laughs> and in the last audition I read with Ryder. So mm -hmm. Ryder really, Ryder had to choose. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he was part of choosing, I think, what was going to happen for him. Interesting. That's fun. What was that like reading with him? Had you watched the show at all before you auditioned, or well, would you did you just kind of go into it and you were uh, like, "Oh, this I'm how just funny, with this guy." How funny God works. Okay. Right yeah. before the show, I had all right six months before the show, I did a movie called Daylight with Sylvester Stallone, and it had just come out, and I really was kind of in LA by myself, and I had this was in this really crappy apartment. And shit was bad. I mean, shit was like, can. you know, you do this big movie, you think everything, the world's going to open up, it doesn't. And you're sitting in this apartment eating, you know, tuna fish out of a can. And 
Friday night, no one, no one wants you because you're just so into your career. That's all you can think about. And so I watch every Friday night for weeks on end is Boy Meets World. I mean, I was watching the show. It was so funny. Boy Meets World. Because I, I like TJF and I didn't mm-hmm. like it at the time. And I, <laughs> so I watched the show over and over. So I had, had no idea that this is where I was going to end up. No idea. So that was a really funny. What was the question again? Because that like that. <laughs> it was kind of it was kind of like two questions. You kind of you answered one. I asked if you had seen the show before you had gone in, but then what it was like to be there then with Ryder and and reading oh, across her. Ryder, that's a different question. Ryder was really cool. Ryder and me have a really great um, on screen chemistry. That's really mm-hmm. cool, and he's a really great encouraging guy. And, um, you know, I just, we just have, we just, we just hit it off from day one in a performance way for sure. Yeah. I mean, just being on kind of the Boy Meets World Twitter scene and, and everything through the podcast, it's, I would argue that there are more people rooting for Sean and Angela than there are for Corey and Topanga. They love you guys. Well, you were iconic in uh, almost more iconic than Corey and Topanga in the show. You know, I think, I think Michael Jacobs meant to do that. And, and mm-hmm. I think there was, there was a time on the set. I remember because after we would do all our um, uh, rehearsals and stuff and Michael would come and he'd give us all notes, you know, very, very meticulous notes at the end of every rehearsal. One day mm-hmm. he did say, you guys are the hot couple. You guys aren't. <laughs> yeah. That was a great way to, to stir up everybody to get their juices up and and be uh, let let everyone be, you know, do their thing. But you know, I never really knew that or pay attention, even though I don't really I'm not really a competitive like that. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the Corey and Depango storyline is really important. It, it's important to see how people can easily get along. And it's important to see me and Sean, um, me and Sean, oh my God, I'm crazy. <laughs> it's important to see Angela and Sean work through stuff and grow and pull back. Yeah. And, and I think that's why people connect because that's the majority of how relationships go. You know, mm-hmm. people have to grow and pull back and deal with things and decide whether to give up or whether to keep going. And I think that's really, you know, it's not a color thing. It's just, a, it's, it's, a, it's a real thing. Oh, yeah. Skylar and I were talking, I want to say it was like three or four episodes ago, something like that, about how there is like a kind of an, a whole episode dedicated to the fact of you and, or I should say, Angela and Sean saying, we are our own people. We're not Corey and Topanga. Like, even though we want the love that they have, we are our own individual couple and we have our own problems that we have to work through and everything. And I think that's a, a good lesson for couples to have because it can't just come so easily like it does for them all the time. Well, you know, I'm really, I'm really into bloodlines. I'm really into ancestry. It relieves Mm -hmm. me of a lot of uh, things that I might put on myself. And when you get into Mm -hmm. a love Mm -hmm. relationship, that's all that is. You, you're bringing all your Mm -hmm. spirits and all your ancestors, all his. And, and so to say, I'm me, I'm not y'all. I know y'all brought me here. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. it's yeah. Very important. Yeah, absolutely. You know? 
I, uh, I want to jump in just a moment. You said uh, a moment ago, you said something about you don't think it's uh, there's something about about the color. Uh, and I in kind of looking through some things for this. I found in 1999, you wrote a piece for the L.A. Times uh, titled TV can help erase color lines in which you kind of talked a lot about the interracial uh, relationship of writer Shang's character and, and your character and how it was never really called attention to uh, in in the entire scope of the show. And I, and I believe you referenced, I think, one other show, and I can't remember what at the moment. But did you feel that this, like, you're, that, you know, how, how did it feel to be, in a way, breaking ground on the average American sitcom by depicting this normalization of an interracial relationship at a time when, like, you know, it wasn't that long ago and everyone still talked so much about it and... Uh, the show just never called attention to it. So how did that how did that feel to be really front running in that? I had no idea <laughs> going on that was groundbreaking. I just showed up and see that's how the universe works so perfectly because my background is um, I I I grew up in New York. I I was mostly around black families, but I went to an all Jewish very high-end private school called Horace Mann. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's the uh, the school and School of Rock based on. <laughs> what did you say? I'm sorry. The the School of Rock, that the Jack Black movie, that's what that school is, uh, his <laughs> school is based on. Horace Mann. I, no <laughs> I have to watch yeah. that again. That's I the background for it. I went to another school called Manhattan Country School in New York, mm -hmm. and it was, it was a school born out of the 60s um, Martin Luther King uh, vibration theory into action of all races together, lift them up. I came from a poor neighborhood, so my mom had a sliding scale tuition. The richer people paid more, and we melded. And I went there. That's where I grew up in. That's the, mm -hmm. that's what I went, spent my six to eight hours a day growing up in. And then I went on to Horace Mann, and. I got to say that, so by the time Boy Meets World came around, it was way more groundbreaking for everyone else around me than it was for me. That was already my lifestyle. Yeah. Having to know about white America, because it's part of our survival, uh, you know, mm -hmm. and then just not, and just taking my place and being like, I'm okay. And honestly, it hasn't been until Boy Meets World is over and times have gotten more racial and racist that I've had to actually like deal with the fact that, oh, like not everybody thinks as well of me as I think of myself. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> it's a fucking slap in the face to me. Right, yeah. right. So, it's a weird backwards yeah. mentality. And it was so, so steeped in me like that, that it wasn't until I was older that I even realized that I dealt with racial situations in the workplace, in, wherever I was, even in back in high school, I just had this, you know, and I'm also Caribbean, you know, so Caribbean is a little different in the culture of self-belief. So I think, you know, one of the greatest things that has happened to me is an is ignorant self-belief of myself, which unfortunately really didn't dissipate until after Boy Meets World. Mm. That's really interesting that the idea that like, you know, you, you grow up in a, a really what what sounds to be wonderful bubble of inclusivity <laughs> <laughs> and and then you bring your whole self to a project and find out that 
that the rest of the world has had uh, less fortunate yeah. bubbles to be around and that you are somehow strange to them. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a problem? Right, right. Yeah. You don't even realize how not normal it may be for someone else and that that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> now, I will say this. I do want to say this, though. According, it, at Lorraine Toussaint, a very uh, beautiful actress older than me, wrote a rebuttal to that um, article. And she was basically saying the opposite. And really, honestly, as I get older, I really believe she was right. Hmm. You can't ignore the color. You can't ignore what happens. If I had to do it over again, I probably would have not written that article that way. Hmm. Because it is a mistake to um, just ignore and go on. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it's a mistake, I believe, because there are certain natural things within our DNA passed on that make us do kind of racist stuff. Mm -hmm. If we could talk about it and not bury it, Mm -hmm. maybe that would be good, but we can't talk about it just to talk about it. We have to talk about it as a resolve, as a positivity. So Mm -hmm. if if Boy Meets Girl could have done that, but I think that's a very hard task and not fair to them to have asked. Yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah. a tremendous hurdle to surmount as a network sitcom when yeah. you're just trying to make sure that it gets on the air every week. <laughs> that's really, I think you're right though in that uh, the the ignorance of that is no longer like it, there was the whole color blind movement, and and I, I have a degree in theater, and so for a while that was the verbiage and uh, the shift to color conscious uh, and color conscious know, is better. It's a it's a much stronger yeah. Because you can't ignore it, like you said. You have to no, be no, actively, and like it permeates through all of our society, and it is. Every day yeah. you walk out the door, someone makes some kind of judgment on you. you if you're a white person, they're going to make a judgment on you. A black person might look at you and think that you're real racist, or, or you can see it in their eyes. Mm-hmm. And and I and I would get the same thing. You know, I think of myself as this Haitian Caribbean princess. And I walk out the door and I see it in someone's eyes where they're like, you black bed witch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's true. So, so that's, yeah, I think you're right. Them, but I can't let that seep in me. Yeah. You know? That's really interesting. I, I appreciate what you said about kind of reflecting on that, you know, 20 years removed from that story, that, that growth in that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Megan, did you want to... Uh, I'll turn it over. I, I feel like I've been hogging some time, Megan. <laughs> no, you're fine. I'm enjoying listening. I'm just, uh, I'm still, I'm still like, oh, we're talking to Trina McGee. This is great. Anyway. <laughs> uh, as far as like getting on, so you've been cast on Boy Meets World. Did they originally cast you as a reoccurring character? Did you know that you would be on uh, multiple episodes? Okay. All right. So again, the beauty of youthful ignorance. <laughs> In my mind, I was a serious regular. <laughs> I don't know why. So when they actually told me, hey, you are now a series regular, I was like, but I thought I already was. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell have I been doing? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I heard it wrong. They said it wrong. Some shit happened. And I did not hear that shit right. And I was like, yeah, I, 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 I mean, when I initially was on the show, I just thought I was going to be on the show. I don't know what. They said something about reoccurring with a possibility, but that's all I needed to hear. You know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was pretty much cool. And then the, this is a funny quib, though. The first season, so I get, I, I'm married and I get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, a little bit halfway into the season. 
And I'm worried. I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm pregnant. They're going to fire me from the show. This is awful. And Michael Jacobs was so sweet. He has five children. And wow. he just said, don't worry about it. We'll work around it. Wow. That was one of the most gracious Hail Marys I've ever had. Yeah. In my life. Tremendously gracious. It's not, especially considering like first season, it's not as if the show revolved around you and they they had to do that even. Yeah. You know? And so that's, it, that's it, really. They could have so got rid of me. And they did. Wow. Michael that's so good of them. Good for him. I, I'm grateful for him. It, it, it helped my children have a better life because of it, you know, whether they want to admit it or not. <laughs> and, you know, it's, that was very, 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 very humane for him to do. And it worked out. And it, it all it looked like is I gained a little weight and I was behind some punch bowls and a couple of <laughs> You know, a second season, I was a little fatter. I had to shed that off. And by the third season, I was, I was a television star again. And, you know, you don't get those kind of breaks in life a lot at all. Mm-hmm. How was that continuing the show now with with a newborn at that point? What was that schedule and craziness like? <laughs> no one's ever asked me that question. You know that was crazy. I had to bring I had to bring the baby to the sit, and then yeah. I thought it was all fancy. I had a nanny for a while, and I was like, "Fuck this nanny shit." So basically, just like do a scene and go back to the the dressing room and breastfeed. That's what mm-hmm. I would do a scene wow. and go back to breastfeed and. Do a scene. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, is like, that is a lot of work. <laughs> all over everybody in rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but everyone what? was really, really um, understanding and loving and, and giving at that point, and it, everybody in the in the cast and crew. So it was it was easy, and I was so young and dumb that I thought this was the way it was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> Well, cause you have, so you have multiple, you have a couple of kids. How many kids do you have? I have three kids. The oldest is a girl and she, um, she's great. She, she's in San Francisco. She lives, she works for a business research, uh, company. Um, my great. little one, he's a musician and my youngest one is interested in politics. So. Mm. Oh, eclectic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to be an actor. I think they were traumatized by me. that was kind of my next question i was i was curious about uh if you you know by the time you had them obviously you were fairly actively involved in in entertainment and the arts and so i was wondering what that was like for them as kids and if that influenced their paths in any way but it sounds like it influenced them straight away from it It, maybe i I will say it's very hard to have a passion see some people just live in it some people have this ongoing passion and these ideas in their head that kick out the rest of the world. And I'm that person. So for them, um, I'm very, very grateful to them that they even still love me because <laughs> I and, and not that I wasn't, I did everything I could to take care of them and I was there, but I will say my mind was always kind of somewhere else, you know? Sure. Um, that happens a lot with um, artistic people. So I mm-hmm. think that they, I think if they would have liked more, I think they would have liked a more normal, TV, older looking mom, you know, but I was there at home, but I just wasn't yeah. that mom. <laughs> sure. I, wasn't day. I was, was that mom on the Wonder Years? I wasn't the mom on the Wonder Years. She was great. Mm. <laughs> you know. Obviously, you grew up in New York, and then when your kids started to grow up a little bit, did you have any desire to move back to New York, or was LA you just considered at home at that point? No, then? no, no, no. New York is, is rough, it's cold. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> sure. Correct. <laughs> Sure. Up there was good because that 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 made me strong and made me smart. When I grew up in New York, I was eight years old. We we rode the I rode the bus from Riverdale to Manhattan every day, mm. and and I would there were other eight year olds on that bus with me. Okay, and it was nothing, sure nothing. And matter of fact, eight. But when I was eight, they would look like you 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 too old to not be riding the bus. I was sheltered. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, that upbringing gave me a very um, adventurous spirit. And I'm really, really grateful for that. But as I got older, I said, I, I just didn't, I didn't, I wanted a more a relaxing experience. Sure. I, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, my, I'm, I was born in New York and in Queens and uh, both of my parents grew up in New York their whole lives. And these stories my dad will tell me about, you know, when he was a kid in New York and uh, <laughs> playing, you know, seven years old, he's playing in the street and they're yeah. playing some, you know, whatever it is, a car comes over and well, he's like, yeah, I got hit by a car like three times before I was 10 years old, probably. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, well, I got hit by a car twice. twice. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds wild. That's why it's really hard. I can't, I don't, I love you guys. I don't know how old you are, but. It's hard for me to get with that millennial shit. So I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Crack it up and get it on. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. We're a bunch of wimps. I have never been hit by a car. So. <laughs> <laughs> I did spoil my kids, though, because I had a hard life. And um, mm. a lot of people in my generation did and regret it. So I will. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. If you if you can, I mean, why not? You know, that's right. Did you get approached? Even I mean, if you were out with them, did you often get approached by people? And oh, I, not just about Boy Meets World, but well, I anyone. The story of stories. I got to tell you the story of stories before you. Oh boy. <laughs> There's a there. What when I was on Boy Meets World, the height of the fame of it. Mm -hmm. I used to have to, my daughter was in kindergarten, so I used to have mm -hmm. to pick her up from school, you know, and she lived, she went to this, this little public school, but it was in Bel Air. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, I don't know, I used to pick her up, right? So I go to pick her up one day, and I don't know what's going on, because when you work on a TV show, you're in a cave, you go home, and you pick up the mm -hmm. kid, you go like, you know, you don't know what the, what's going on in the real world. So I go to pick her up one day, and there's like, all of a sudden, two people come up. Can I have your autograph? Three people. And then I look, there's like this crowd of people around. And then I had her in my, my, my little baby's hand in mine. And suddenly the crowd got a little bigger. And I looked back and, and her, her hand had left mine. And she was scared to death. Mm. And I grabbed her hand. And I was oh, okay, got to go with all this and everything. And I think I, she'll tell you no, that was nothing. She made me remember. But I always looked at her like that. It, I knew it affected her in some way. Yeah. You know, and the thing about being famous, people don't understand is there's no coaching. People need to have coaching for friends and family of people who are going into the business or rising up to into the business. We get blamed, you know, for so much. Sure. But there is a certain kind of prepping of assurance for your family that really needs to happen to maintain 
healthy relationships. So I just wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, what was it like for you? I, years, you know, in Girl Meets World, you cameoed in the in the sequel series Disney produced years later about Corey and Topanga's kids. Uh, what was it like for you returning to this role uh, 10 years later, 15 years later? I don't know when it aired. I don't recall. Um, I, I didn't like I it. 15. I didn't like returning the role like that. Oh, really? Um, Interesting. I didn't like the writing. I thought it was weird. I thought it was racist. I thought it was mm. chauvinist. And I didn't like mm -hmm. it. I didn't like the writing. And then I did it because I was just, just so in love with the past experience. And um, I felt like I could, something that I would do would make it better. And so, sure. right, so, so, you know, not everyone's going to see it that way. People just watch a show. Hey, that was great. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just, I think real hard. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I read lines and a couple of things that bothered me. I didn't like that the character had Angela had to ask the boyfriend if she would be a good mother, Sean, or she'd be a good mom. I just yeah, that wasn't chilling. That wasn't chilling with me. I just it felt very sexist and and somewhat racist. Uh -huh. I didn't like the mm -hmm. um, uh what, Hurricane Katrina on the board. And I didn't see that until I watched the show later. I when I came into tape, I just saw what I my scenes. If I had seen Hurricane Katrina on a blackboard, I would have. It never would have got done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I just I didn't feel good about it. You know. Okay? Yeah. A lot. I felt like a lot went on underneath and behind the scenes, and then it was a kind of take it out on that episode, and I just showed up like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, this, this is what this is what Sean brought me here for. You know, so, you know, but you know, also it was a different network. It's a different time. The shit we got away with on that show, you could never do now. All that making yeah. out. Oh, we talk about that a lot. There's, there was a lot of sexual, like, content in Boy Meets World. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So I have to take that into consideration. Time has passed, whatever. But I wouldn't have wrote it like that. Yeah. Interesting. I I totally agree though. I remember watching the scene when I, I watched the scene when Girl Meets World first premiered and I was just excited that you were back. Um, but then I watched it uh, in in preparation for this interview. I rewatched the scene where you meet Sean at the diner and I was like, I don't like this. Like I'm yeah, it's play, just not very our first take of yeah. me and Sean, me and Ryder, when we did our first take of that shit, it was like <clears throat> back in the day. How we do. Oh. It was so great. It was so intense. And it was like, and I love you. And all that shit. <laughs> and then Disney came down with their suits. And they was like, uh, can you just pick it up a little lighter? And just don't act. Yeah. That sounds right. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, wow. definitely. Uh, I gotta say, I haven't watched this episode. Definitely different. In, but... Yeah, I watched it the one time or whatever uh, that I watched this mm -hmm. this show in general, uh, the Girl Meets World stuff. And now I, I want to go rewatch it, kind of like hearing this now, <laughs> um, out, of, out of curiosity mm -hmm. for that. Especially what you mentioned about like I didn't this. You would say Hurricane Katrina is on the back blackboard. I remember they were always like, whatever they're learning in school is is the direct comparison to the life happening. And so is that what that episode they were like Hurricane Katrina was the equivalent to you Maybe. entering 
their world. Coming back into Sean's life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I think that that's what, because they wrote it. They did that. But yeah, I think that because I think my just presence, um, just that's how they felt. That's all I can say. I don't really mm-hmm. know. I just, I'm just reading back what they wrote on the board yeah. to me. So writer, I'm writer directed a lot of episodes for Girl Meets World. Writer, Did he direct that one or no? Say that again. Uh, writer Russ Strong directed a lot. Did he direct that one? No, he didn't. Russ directed that one. Russ, I oh, okay. so much. Mm. But Russ directed that. Um, but writer kind of directed it too, because like that's what happens. Like, <laughs> what kind of mm-hmm. always happens. Like, you know, Michael would come in, whoever was directing, and all of us would override most of the directors. <laughs> <laughs> it, was bad. it was bad. We would totally be like, okay, well, you think you direct him. But we <laughs> ben knows about that. <laughs> Do you think that at the end of Boy Meets World that the writers made the right call in having Angela and Sean split? Or would you have wanted them to stay together? And Girl Meets World or the end of the show? or the end? Uh, end of Boy Meets World. I think it was the right call because I think that was what the writers and the creator were feeling. And I think it caused a tension if we had stayed together, you might not have remembered us so much. Mm, that's yeah, I think fair. that's a really good point. That's From fair. a writing perspective, it's definitely a more interesting device to to break that. that exactly. Up. Exactly. And I find that that was ingenious, and people are still upset about it. And then there they is. still come on. Well, they're not supposed. Like it's actually an issue as of the last five years. They should. They. Be, this is why they're not together. That's a great way to keep attention for a show. So. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Absolutely. I want to I want to ask if it's all right. I I want to diverge a little bit from Boy Meets World for just a moment because I'm really curious. Sure. Uh I I saw in researching that you've gotten into some writing and some directing. You've got a project in the works right mm-hmm. now called Detainment uh that is based on a true uh true crime story. Uh, the details of it that I skimmed of the true crime story horrified me in many ways. <laughs> uh, and I am so, so curious to know. That, that movie we put on hold. We put on hold because of a lot of different things, funding, the times, and direction, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But what I did get directed of that, um, I'm really proud of. You know, I, you know, I know um, other members of the cast are doing you know, more, um, they're being ushered into more things that have to do with Disney or sitcom and that world. But I'm really interested in indie mm-hmm. film. That's my passion. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm actually directing something now. I'm taking my time because of the COVID. So it's probably going to be about, you know, mm. 12 months until it actually gets to, to surface. You know, just to, just to kind, of, kind of skirt this way, before the show, I had a lot of credits and experiences in acting that were um, pretty solid. And I had a lot of really great teachers. You know, Rob Cohen, the director of The Fast and the Furious, Robert Townsend, mm. um, Michael Jacobs is an amazing teacher. Uh, uh, Reggie Hudlin, who I've been able to have been on sets with. Ice Cube, which is the director of directors to me. You know, mm-hmm. so I really, I always <laughs> think it's interesting behind the scenes 
and what, what, what are you doing and, and how are you doing it? And um, so um, I don't, I'm not sure what your question was about the team it was, but I will say that you're going to see a lot more of me developing, not only directing, but really executive producing, directing, and just helming uh, films in the near future, because that's really what my passion is. I'm going to, I'm, start, I'm starting a health line, a well-being market. Um, I have partners going mm. on that, and that has to do with my heritage, my, my Haitian heritage. I am uh, the great, great, great granddaughter of the second president of Haiti, uh, Wow. Yeah. And um, a lot of really, really, uh, my uh, uncle on the other side was a general delator who was attorney general for Haiti in the 1800s. So I have a lot of really strong heritage and I have a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of things in my blood that I want to get off on film. And this way before Boy Meets World, I really didn't know that I would, Boy Meets World would ever be this for my life. I had no idea. I just thought it was mm -hmm. one gig and I'd move on. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. It just, it kind of stopped the show and, and, and in ways stopped it to slow it down, to start it again for me to be able to do, I feel things better in my life and more correctly. So that, that's really, that's really what I'm, I'm into now. I'm, I have my Healthline coming out, Wellbeing Market. I have a, a, a couple, of, I have a, another movie coming out. I'm editing now, but I'm kind of like, Ooh, it's called The Neighbor and it's about a cop and I directed this, I started it and wrote it. It's about a cop who has to shoot somebody off her gun and kill someone when she didn't want to. And then her, the sister of that victim comes and tries to seduce her because she's a lesbian and mm -hmm. ultimately mm -hmm. kill her. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. That sounds very interesting. So that's what I'm working on wow. now. The yeah. actually is probably going to be pushed back for a while. Sure. Know, because yeah. there's a lot of stuff that's going on. Right. <laughs> No, that's really interesting yeah, to hear, though, course. that you've gravitated more towards this this behind the scenes, executive producing, writing, directing. Uh, I think, I mean, you know, there's a plethora of actors who have kind of moved that direction, some more successfully than others. But I think that's uh, really exciting kind of in comparison to the other cast members who you'll continue to be associated with to see that you're making that shift in that direction. Can I tell you that they've been very blessed. They, 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 mm -hmm. but it's just different lives do different mm. things. They've yeah. been very blessed and they've had that, that uh, coveting. They've had that support um, within the industry to just say, hey, now you can direct this show. I, and you know, and I could have bullied my way and say, hey, I want to direct an episode of Girl Meets World, but I just didn't feel like I was being taken mm -hmm. seriously. That's my opinion. I'm, that might have been, might be the opposite. I don't know. But sure. I do know what I do do and what I was pushed to do really out of being a part of it being ousted from that i've gotten really good at so all i can say is thank you mm -hmm. yeah that's <laughs> awesome no good for you yeah. that's that's really really amazing so you have your own production company correct? yes i do yes i do it's called well-being Productions. yeah <laughs> yeah oh there you go yeah, what, so just after getting an interest in kind of um, directing and producing and all of that, is that what inspired you to get that started? Oh, when did you, uh, when did you kind of start that in the work? In what, what I've been interested in and what you're going to see um, when my online market comes out is a lot of herbs, and I'll be explaining what different herbs do for you. And it's, I just think it's really critical. Actually, what inspired me is this coming on of the coronavirus, even way before I could kind of see coming on uh, on 
And I even before that, I was always into that. If you're in love with me, I'm going to heal you. <laughs> you got a cough, I'm going to give you some whorehound with some cherry bark on it. You know, and I love to boil herbs and see what they do to people. It's just a weird thing that I yeah. like to do. And, um, and I've gotten really good at it. And I think it's something that I really should share with people because so many things are, are about, you know, the, 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 the medicine industry. And so many things are about a lot of drugs, Western drugs that we don't need. If we were to take these natural drugs in prevention on a basis. You know? mm-hmm. So, you know, if your stomach can stand it, you need to swallow that, that clove of garlic. <laughs> so, and, yeah. and do something like that every day for, and really check in with your body every day. People don't care. When you continue to eat junk food, your body loses. I believe this is not anything proven. I believe that your mind and your body tend to lose a sensitivity to its own self check of health until there's an emergency. Mm. And there's something about eating that, that junk food and that bad and those processed food. If you're not eating something that has more, if you're eating anything that has more than three or four ingredients, you really not, need not be eating that. And that, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just how I've been able to maintain. That's how I keep my energy. And I've, I'm, I tend to be a really clean eater. And mm-hmm. I, when I fall back, I just, I gotta go ditzy. So I know how important it yeah. is. And um, I, I, I know through this, you know, situation that the world is in, that is really one of the key components to all of us getting better and not just um, falling victim to a lot of situations that could make us uh, a slave to the, uh, the medical system, you know. I got to say that really yeah. excites me what you're talking about, you explaining uh, and, and this being a very informative network uh or or an informative company right because i personally don't have any sort of background with non-standard western medicine i recognize that there's too much of it (laughs) uh and that i would like some more natural remedies and so i think it's really exciting that you're a big part of your your mission in that work is going to be uh educational and by nature and and that's definitely something i'm interested to look out for I'm very educational. I'm very well studied. I'm not going to tell you anything that's wrong. And I'm also going to tell you, hey, if you're taking a, this Western medication, you need, maybe you shouldn't take this, you know, because once you get to the mess, Western medication, you really need help. <laughs> it's real. Mm-hmm. Right. Know? And, and, I'm, and they yeah. work. But, wouldn't it, but they also have really grave side effects, almost all of them. And um, if you can get mm-hmm. to a, a point of, in your mind where you're just eating really well, really conscious, looking at the labels, that's all it is. It's just a little extra reading. And, uh, and then also putting in your body not only clean food, but a lot of the herbs that I tell you, you know, you'll see on my Instagram. It's, it's, it's going to be really great, and I'm going to do a lot of eye-opening for people. I was going to say, I've been kind of seeing a little bit of that. And I think you tagged us in one of those pictures on Instagram um, of you just kind of like explaining, you'll say what it is, and then you'll explain the whole thing. And it's really cool to kind of see that, uh, that side now that we know more about the production company and kind of what you're aiming to mm-hmm. do with that. So definitely want to keep an eye out on your yeah, Instagram. Yeah, keep an eye that. out. And about, you know, when all this is over by the end of the year, I'll be in your face. <laughs> I get stuck on something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's great. Do you have anything that you want to, we should probably uh, start wrapping up, but do you have anything that you would want to plug? Anything that you're working on right now? Well, I mean, it's oh, kind of okay. tricky right now because none of us are really doing well, anything. But Look out for Trina McGee's Wellbeing Market. Look out for Wellbeing Productions. And um, mm-hmm. just, just, I want to plug love because love's in need of love today. Uh, yeah. Thank God. <laughs> I want to I yeah. do a plug for that. So. That's really yeah. nice of you. Yeah. Everybody cool. Now, Everybody those, cool. those, yeah. those films and under the production company, are those going to primarily kind of do film circuit uh, or film festival circuit sort of things? And then, you know, ideally pick up some steam. Film festivals, but I'm, you know, I'm aiming, you know, I'm a big dreamer. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. aiming for, the, for writing your house at Netflix, but I haven't, I haven't got the, uh, the final offers yet. Some things are in the sure. works. But yeah, I'm that'd be amazing. Right. Yeah. You know, in, in, in a while, but of course I'm going to do the film festivals. I love all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just check in with me in mm-hmm. six months and we'll see where we're at. And I can tell you something more. Oh, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, absolutely. We would, we would love to talk to you again. I was kind of telling, uh, I live with, uh, two, um, two roommates and I was kind of telling them, I was like, I'm so afraid that I'm going to, I'm going to get into this conversation. I'm going to finish the call. And then I'm going to be like, Oh, I, damn it, I should have asked her this, or I should have said this, or whatever, and they were like, I mean, you can always ask her for another interview, and it was like, I never thought of that before, I was like, right. I could. Guys, you guys are really lovely, you're a joy to talk to, and, and um, let's check in again. Oh, thank you so much, Trina, I really appreciate thank it, it's you. been lovely Absolutely. chatting with you, uh, we appreciate you taking the time out of your day, uh, and amidst I mean, all of the pandemic. Everyone should have been talked to you. <laughs> Well, we, we, <laughs> we would love we to, to chat with uh, any other cast members in the event that maybe you're more successful at reaching out than we are. Uh, if you want to, well, you know, I, don't, I don't know if we can do those cast members, but I will say if you if you're interested in other sitcom stars from other '90s shows, I'm I'm, a, I'm, I'm great friends with a lot of those people. Friends sure, not opposed family. to any of that. Family matters. The family matters. Yeah, my friends. You know, sister, sister. So. Oh, I would love to talk to Dia oh, and Tamara. I love sister, sister. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, Trina, yeah. thank you again so, so much. It's been lovely to have you. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Great. Of course, thank you. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. And that concludes our interview with Trina McGee. We had such a great time talking to her. She was so sweet and insightful, and I hope you guys had a great time listening. You can find Trina on Instagram or Twitter, Instagram, she is at the real Trina McGee, and Twitter, she is at real Trina McGee. Check out what Trina's doing on social media. I know we always keep an eye on it, and class dismissed.